It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We welcome Ben Alfrey for his first ever appearance on the Fighting Cop podcast. We ask why he's a bacon nonce. We also talk about Woolwich in depth. Windy brings the noncery at half time. We ask about zombie apocalypse and which players would <laughs> seed the next generation of human beings. Eric Dyer, obviously. And we ask whether or not Van der Vaart and Berbatov would make it into Pochettino's team. I love you, T. I love you too, man. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock! It's episode 15, season 5 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Good Hello. evening. Hello. We've got Flonies Filth. Hello. We've got Alex from Bristol. What? 
We've got Ben Alfrey. Hello. And, <laughs> uh, I'm Flav. It's at Inside17. N17. N17, yeah. yeah no promotion, but if you want to follow, go for it. <laughs> yeah, follow it. Follow it. Uh, how are you doing, Ben? Yeah, yeah, doing very well. I had a very busy week last week, but it, I think it was all worth it come Sunday. So. All right, so what are you doing, eh? What am I doing on here? <laughs> um, asking, answering questions about bacon nonces by the looks of it and uh, stepping stones as Excellent. well. Well, we're going to come on to all of that. We uh, welcome Ben on the podcast. We've been aware of, of your writing, but also you've been to loads of 1882 stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, been in communication for a while. Yeah. So that's the reason why, why you're here, I guess. Yeah, and but, uh, no one else would say yes as well. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we did plan this in advance. Yeah, we did. We yeah, did in Three whole weeks. How is everyone doing this week? Before we come on to Ben's credentials as a Spurs fan, what, yeah. what have you been doing? It's all right, yeah. Had a, what happened on Saturday? Went home, I had a nice little weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was good Saturday. Went to a comedy club right on Saturday night <clears throat> and uh, there was this couple, couple of seats back from us Bit of murmuring, for, not loud enough to like be heckling or anything, but just a bit of murmuring. Uh, and then I turned around at one point and they were gone. And then it was just like the half time bit. Compare came out and was like, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've realised what's happened, um, but there's a couple that's been there, been thrown out. And this is genuine and it's never happened to me before, what? but it turns out she was wanking him off under the table. <laughs> He's come on the lady sat opposite him. <laughs> What? Yeah, on her knee. This is Bristol. This is where you come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are your people. Yeah, Yeah. you proud? You proud? Well, that's pretty difficult. He was bollocks. One to come, (laughs) and two to get it. It was a big table (laughs) to get it across, and it was just uh, shot on him. Amazing. Yeah. So I just was keen to tell that story. (laughs) So you're right. How how did you find? uh, We're going to come on to it, but how, how was in a nutshell Sunday? Um, it was okay. It was um a bit a bit subdued. Okay, subdued. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, oh, uh, they put all these restrictions on us um, in terms of where we can drink and how much we could drink. So, um, yeah, it wasn't as much carnage as normal. And it was a Sunday, so. Ben? Uh, yeah, cunted. Really good day. Um, <laughs> got in got in um, from Dublin at about 9am, uh, so got to the Dolphin for about 11. I'd never actually been there before as well. So, um, yeah, it was a sort of different experience, I think. Um, but, yeah, very, very good one. I've just come from the pub, right? And this isn't name dropping. Of course it is. It is going to be name dropping, yeah. right? <laughs> Uh, spent an hour of Rowan Wickets. Who? Fuck you. Oh, Rowan Wickets, <laughs> yeah. Rowan Wickets. Yeah. And then I've just come from uh, having a beer with Kevin Gallagher. Yeah. Jerry Taggart. Yeah. Jerry Taggart. Michael Stewart, ex Man United. Yeah. And Ian Wright. Right, I'm not being, you know, there's a reason why I'm listing all these names off. Yeah. I asked him a question. Uh, re- it's part of my new job. Okay, yeah. that's, that's what I was doing. Yeah, I, it's I, not I, just the same yeah. thing. They're not my All mates. Right, right, you made <laughs> They're not my mates. That was proper, proper glo- Gloucestershire, though, isn't it? Yeah. All right, mate. Anyway, uh, uh, I asked them. I was, I was curious from a professional footballer's point of view whether they understood what Sol Campbell did to us. And to a man, every single one of them said, yes, they understood. Really? As professional footballers, what fans don't understand is it is a job to them. Wait, 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 and wait, I was wait, wait. what? What don't they understand? What? What did they? What did they not understand? They understood why, so, he, done why he did it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Oh. To a man, they said, "Look, we're 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 professionals. We're this is our sport. This is our business. This is how we make our money. We don't want to often don't want to move our family. We want to make the easiest decision for us." And to be honest, when I heard it, I was crestfallen. I was literally. I, Broke my heart a little bit because I thought, no, he's a special grader cunt. But yeah. he shouldn't have had a family. It's selfish for him. Exactly. He still went about it the wrong way. I still disagree mm. with all of them, but it's a different perspective between them. All. There's still always going to be a, a cavern between between players and fans, probably for for that reason. Just because they think that doesn't mean that they're right. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, but uh, the footballers would see them as right. Fans would see them as wrong. Hmm. Anyway, nice bunch of lads. Now my mates. I hope. I hope. <laughs> I've, got I've, I've added them. On, I've added, added them on Twitter and um, followed back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll All right, Ben. Yes, yes. Uh, we've got some questions from a few of your mates who sent me, but we won't come on to that yet. Why are you Spurs? Why am I Spurs? Um, I grew up in London. Um, my dad was a huge Spurs fan, he used to go quite a lot. Um, and unfortunately, that just wore off on me. Um, mum was always Liverpool, um, but obviously, my dad used to take me to Spurs, so didn't really have a choice. Um, and uh, so here I am, here I am now. Your first game? First game, uh, Wimbledon v Spurs when we won 6-2. Clintman scored four. He so did. It's a comeback yeah. season, 97? Yeah. Is that uh, right? I, don't quote me on the, on the year. Yeah, um, yeah. No, was it good. was um, I, I was working in Woolworths and I had a pager. Do you remember the pagers and the scores? Because yeah, I was you 11. The pagers? <laughs> you weren't 11. I was 11. Look, look, at, you look, at, look at you. <laughs> look how old I was. I remember that game. I was sat in the back of my mum's uh, Rover <laughs> listening to it on the radio. Whilst they, whilst they were in Argos, a Rover. Yeah, whilst they, a red Rover as well. Oh, whilst they were in Argos, and I was just so excited to tell my dad that Clinton scored four when uh, when he came back into the car. Yeah. It was a belting game. Yeah, I, I barely remember. You know, I was five. I had a couple of beers, and Jesus Christ, I think just <laughs> got ahead of me. Really. Uh, your favourite player during your time at Spurs? Oh Jesus! Um, on the spot, probably Luka Modric. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of that more generation, aren't I? I'm like no, 23, I'm, so. <laughs> I mean, as a, as a player, in terms of quality, he's, he's probably the best player I've yeah. ever seen. Of course, only there for four years, but that's, that's quite a long time for these days. Was he there four years, really? I think it's four years. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I, <laughs> no, no. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would even say he's a better player than Bale, and even Bale was, um, you know, did what he did. He was explosive and he won games on his own, but Modric was. A metronome to he use just, one of T's. He yeah. just glided over grass. Yeah. I just, do you remember the full the Wigan game, three 0 away? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a shitty surface, city mm. rev, shitty rev. He just completely dominated. Mm. And he'd say, you know, a wet Wednesday in Stoke or whatever. And there's a equivalent of that, and he still dominated the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's brilliant. How many five-year-olds could you have in a fight? Uh, probably one if he's a big cunt. <laughs> <laughs> one five-year-old. Well, you see him nowadays, mate. Honestly, they're off on our piece, so. <laughs> I'm not, not going to call too many out, so otherwise I'll have fucking nothing on my dear. Ben, it's a five year old, you can do him. <sighs> yeah, I know. But no, no, in the T's and C's on this, like, probably be about eight foot or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, you, you, you're usually on Spursy Pod? Or? Uh, when it was running live and, uh, yeah, full is, of life. Is it over? Or? Do you know what? We actually get asked this probably more often than you probably think. Um, I, I think the thing is with me and them. Um, Kieran, the guy that runs the Spurs Brain account, it was just, it's a pathetic excuse, but obviously we started doing things in the evenings, he had exams for his work and things like that, and I was trying to run a business, things like that, and I think once you miss one week, you miss two weeks, three weeks, suddenly you try and get a guest on, you can't you think, get a guest on. You, you think, think we're not busy, no? <laughs> no, no that's, that's, that's what I sort of said at the start, it's, it's a ridiculous excuse, but um, but yeah, for the foreseeable future, we haven't actually spoken about it, so I can't. Can't really say much. For what it's worth, it was very good. Really enjoyed it. Oh, well, yeah. The yeah, theme appreciate tune was that. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, nothing to do with Windy. No, no, nothing to do with him whatsoever. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, that so, what's the question? Well, the question was Was the Spursy, Spursy pod always a stepping stone to bigger things? And that's from the Spurs brain. I think it's a little bit bitter. Oh, well, I think it's obviously was, well, isn't it? You know, it's a, you know, it's a short career in the podcast industry, so yeah, it has to be. It has to be. I think he knows that. 
That's fair. And uh, Gabe the Yid, he asks, why is Ben such a bacon nonce? Um, is, this, is this anything to do with um, Barney being a sandwich nonce? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, we've discussed, I think it's that word nonce has just come into, um, come into sort of conversation now. It's um, in vogue, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, it, it was sort of saying, it's a problem when you start using it in the workplace and everyone's like, what, what sort of insult, like, insult is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But um, why am I such a bacon nonce? Are you probably asking the wrong person. Um, I'm not too sure why. Um, but clearly I am, so I've just got to live with that title now. Excellent. Quite happily. <laughs> Bacon nonce. I think um, early on in the season we spoke about um, Chris Ramsing at the Leicester game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah, obviously with him. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. He was such a lime wedge that game. <laughs> he was brilliant. Um, it was incredible. If, if people ain't listening and didn't hear that podcast, uh, Chris... <laughs> Um, got absolutely battered yeah. at uh, was it? Leicester, Leicester away. Le- Leicester away. And it, a good day. There's a Twitter account that says, "What is it?" Oh, uh, it's um, away yeah. day fails or something. Yeah, like something like away, oh. away day. And there's a picture of sleep, all over the place, sick everywhere, and it's it's incredible. And we've all been there. I mean, yeah. Chris. To be fair, I mean, this isn't patronising. He's he's quite young. Nineteen. Nineteen. All right. I mean, nineteen. I I wasn't being sick at nineteen. To be fair, but. Mm. No, nah, actually, yeah, Chris, sort yourself out. <laughs> uh, no, it was. It was. It, I mean, we've all been there. It was. Yeah. It was and, a and, good day. And I weren't getting fucked up at times when Twitter was around. Yeah. And I wondered <laughs> what, what would have happened then. Yeah. But quality. Um, I, I couldn't did, believe did you, to the game. Did you take the pictures, Ben? I did, yeah. I was obviously a fucking journalist that day, wasn't I? Um, but I, I just couldn't not. I mean, it's not, not sort of thing, you know, to sort of call out your mates a little bit like that. But um, when he was just lying there, and I thought, oh, do you know what? Fuck this. I've been fucking looking after him for most of this half I'm at least documenting this a little bit. You watched him sink, sink a glass of like rum and coke or whatever oh, it was, and then this, just yeah. didn't want the glass anymore, so threw it at the wall. <laughs> yeah, no. I was very that. close to case. Yeah, he, um, <laughs> he sort of mentioned he, he vaguely remembered doing something like that. Um, and I, I completely missed it, in all honesty. Or I might have seen it, but I couldn't remember it. And I thought, oh, Jesus. Well, it's a good day. We all do things, don't we? There's silly things when we're drunk. Oh, Fine. Yeah, of course. We, we wouldn't be human otherwise. No. Um, the fanzine is available for pre-order right now please go on the Fighting Cop website thefightingcop.co.uk forward slash shop um, we've had a lot of orders so far but more more get more give me more we need more money <laughs> also um, um, sorry it's great, but if there's any queries regarding fanzines in general um, the email is editor at thefightingcop.co.uk because we've had a few questions about old ones and are we? Yeah, I mean, there's been a few, I've had a question, I've had one on Reddit and and on Facebook. Okay, so. look, yeah, if, if if we haven't, <coughs> if there's some orders we fucked up or anything in, over the past uh, six months or so, and we haven't done what we're supposed to do, then do email us again. What is any inquiries generally? Or any inquiries? Well, yeah, well, how many? Because I'm not a fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> don't say any inquiries. Have you got any, any yeah. issues with anything any important? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't send any questions. Why not? So, I post the exam. Anything, man? Just <laughs> actually, if you got any medical problems? <laughs> yeah, send yeah. them in. That would be good. Pictures would be better. Obviously, you want to work on a podcast with us, so fi- <laughs> yeah. So please, please pre-order if, if you if you do want a fanzine. If you received it before and enjoyed it, or have never received one before, they are. In my opinion, a piece of a piece of work. So please do that. Thefightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop. Prick of the week. I would bring that back. Yeah. I haven't read the running order, by the way. So all this is a surprise. Very <laughs> yeah. professional. Yeah. Pr- prick yeah. of the week. Uh, Paul Merson predicting three 0 to the scum. What was his re- reasonings? That there better than us. <laughs> Probably had a couple of beers. But yeah. would you want it any other way? He's <clears throat> Arsenal, wouldn't he? Want... Exactly. Yeah. Nah. He's well. He's just a, he's a prick. He doesn't need to be weak for him. How does just... he? How does he keep getting work? You get him work, work yeah, because yeah. he can't talk and is always eating. You mean? Is it humour? Is, is it? Is it because jobs for the boys, isn't it? In that group, this is where it always or, has been. Or is it? Or is it the fact that he's he is 
like a normal bloke. In fact, he's like he is like the blokes in the pub, yeah. but yeah, somehow yeah. managed to become a millionaire. No, it's just it's he's he's like that. I've actually played against him on a Sunday League team once, and he ter- <laughs> what? And he turned up. Why have you never said this before? Well, it's not some of the. Don't name drop that bothered, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Humble yeah. Brags. yeah. Mm. and uh, he was. Um, Yes, there's other people, Arsenal fans in the team I played in, went and talked to him, and he was just, you know, barely able to get out words even then, then on TV. Mm. So, just job for the boys, I reckon. Mm. Okay, uh, so I think we should bring Prick of the Week back, probably. Yeah, but it's one of those, if there's something worthy of going in, then it goes in. Mm. And um, I guess that kind of, that's a good segue to the game yesterday, isn't it? Let's do, yes it is, T. (laughs) (laughs) Um... All right, so let's start with you, Ben, because you were there. Yeah. And uh, how, how did it feel being in the stadium? Because from from a distance, I I was a long way away in Wiltshire, but sure. I, I watched it in a pub on my own. Actually, there was about four other Spurs fans. Four other Spurs fans on your own. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was with other Spurs fans. Yeah. Four others. All four. Of them. Four. <laughs> yeah. Not a single gooner though. No, that's that's, that's key. Anyway, yeah, so what, what was it like being in the pitch? In, in the stadium. Do you know what? It's my first time there, and it was one of those where it's you know you say do it every year because I'll never have to do it again, and it was fantastic. In all honesty, you know I wasn't really holding out much hope. I think deep down we all knew that you know this Pochettino side's actually got something about them. And yeah. I think there was always a potential for us to put on a performance like that, but I think the Spurs in you always says two 0 three 0 Arsenal. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So the fact when you go one 0 up, you think, oh fucking, hell, we're not expecting this. So we just enjoyed it, and you know I've had a lot of reports over the last few years when the atmosphere hasn't been great, etc. So I wasn't really expecting much, but I thought it was phenomenal on and off the pitch. And all honesty, I thought we were, I thought the fans were fantastic. I thought they seemed very subdued, which apparently wasn't, you know, shit as they are. It's not very common for them. Yeah. Um, in the derby, so no, I was um, I was exceptionally pleased with the performance. You know, even though I had one or two beers, but it was really really good I think that they were subdued given the fact the way the game went I think mm. large majority of the game we had control of I, they had possession for periods in the first half but as a Spurs team going away from home to that ground historically we haven't performed well although we did, did fairly decently last year but historically we haven't I thought we more than held our own mm. I really did and it says here T I mean you, you presume that uh, the draw was a fair result I think it was yeah yeah, I, I think over over the course, given the fact that we were supposedly the underdogs, yeah. that we went there and controlled a lot of it. I mean, we we were defensive at parts, but it was intelligent. Well, I mean, Arsenal had more possession. I think it's fifty-five to forty-five as a percentage. Yeah, but when we had possession, we were very penetrative. Every time we got the ball, we were moving forward, we were cutting through them, and our goal was a prime example of that. I mean, they were playing. There have been a lot of long boards. I think mm. was you that tweeted it that oh you know Arsenal hoofball merchants. And yeah. That's exactly what they were, and it yeah. just it just shows how desperate they were. They they couldn't get around us any other way, so they had to try and play the long boards, which was effective. I mean, I'll get into that in a bit, but um, I think um, <clears throat> considering that Arsenal came back into it, it was probably a fair result, and I think it's good that we're a bit disappointed that it was a draw. I mean, it did feel it felt like we lost one all. Yeah, 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 in in the initial aftermath of the yeah. game, it felt like we lost one all. But then, was yeah. that the atmosphere in, the, in, in in was it kind of dejected at the end? It, it was when they equalised. I think it was very much the oh here we go. You yeah, know they, right. they're going to score another. I'll, I'll yeah. say. Sorry, yeah, I was saying to my mate. You know if they score at one nil, if they score one, they'll probably score two because they they score two in such a quick succession. And yeah. I think the fact that we didn't really seem to show any nerves. You know we weren't sitting off for the whole game as we typically do um, against us. We got at them and. I think although Deli Alley was um, man and match for me, you know there wasn't really one star player which I thought said so much about that yeah. side. I thought yeah. both fullbacks were fantastic, great in midfield. Obviously Kane took his sort of one chance, which earlier on in the year he hadn't really been doing. 
Um, and I think it sort of shows that we forget how young this team is. And, you know, obviously everyone bangs on about it, but you know, it's such a mature performance, and you know, it's good to see this sort of run go on. I I fell in love a little bit yesterday. With it was now. Yeah, <laughs> with Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> generally. Yeah, it was. I don't know whether it's just the importance that you play in that game, and and I for one, I'm, I get I get hugely nervous about this game. I'm sure everyone does, of course, but there is an, an extra edge of it, and it's. To watch us play like that, it, I was almost in some type of form of hysteria towards the end because it was just such uh, the, the way we played like that and the pressing and the intensity. And particularly there was a period in the second half where Arsenal came back into it at the start of the second half and then we kind of wrestled it back from them again yeah, for another yeah. 20, 25 yeah, yeah. minutes. And that filled me with so much joy but content as well the fact that I wasn't I was suddenly realised I was like you know what I'm actually that nervous now I'm actually quite enjoying this yeah, yeah. and there was a, and I think there was one little period of passive play where they lost possession on the edge of their own box or maybe 10, 15 yards in front of their own box about four or five times where we just hassled it back off them and it was it was a joy I mean I'm quite an emotive football fan as it goes I'm not really into stats and that sort of stuff Uh and just to see those players look like they get it and they got what to yesterday was about yeah. was perfection for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, the opening 20 minutes was like a basketball game, this end-to-end. And it just made me think, you know, how long can we keep this up for? I mean, you know, three of us who are boxing. Forever. Mm. <laughs> three of us who are boxing fans and um, there was a one-round win over the weekend yeah. in a you know, big fight, Smith v Field. And it was a bit like that. It's like, you know, we can't... We can't surely keep this going, and towards the end we did fade a little bit. But I think the players had no fear because it's a young team. The naivety is what's kind of warmed us to to Spurs, and I, I, I kind of get what Alex is saying: is that there's a naivety that is almost endearing about us. It's honest. Yes. That's what I said the other week. There's but so much got, honesty about it. But that, that naivety is gone. Categorically, well, I think it's still there. Well, but no, that's your that's your ingrained Tottenham supporters. No, no, I, I think I think it's there because I, as I talked about um, last week, in game management, I think when they were coming back into it, we did kind of we were letting crosses come in shitloads, and that's what that was. Arsenal's method in the in the dying embers of the game, the last twenty minutes, was just putting the crosses into our box. Twenty seven, and, and um, what's his face, Ericsson did put up like a foot to try and block a cross. He didn't yeah. try and get his body in the way. And time after time, that's the same thing that happened. And that's how the goal came. Because I think Ericsson was probably the nearest to Ozil. I've not seen uh, it Yeah, again. no, I agree with and you. And he didn't close the crosses down. And I think if you're going to have a pressing game, you've got to really stop the ball going in. Yeah. They sustained... The, what they did towards the end was was sustain their attacks in there other than, other than that one. But they actually ended up putting... They put in nearly 28... I think it was 27 or 28 crosses in yesterday. Which is, for us, it was unheard of. Allardyce style, man. Mm. What, and they scored one goal, so what? Well, I'm just saying, but we made them completely change the way they had to play. Pricks. Um, does a player have to be English or British for him to fully get the gravity of the derby? And what I like about this... Oh, that's Liam from Twitter. Liam from Twitter. <laughs> no handle. Just, <laughs> yeah. just Liam. He was nice. the first fucking Liam to get on Twitter. Yeah, he's yeah. come well there, hasn't he? That's not even his handle. I think he's the one who did the... Remember the selfie sticks he got that band? Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it, Liam. Oh, fantastic. Liam, better. Um, <laughs> do, do you, uh, look, uh, as an ingrained... Uh, you know, kind of natural, organic way of understanding derbies, then yeah, it helps that the fact that someone's English or British, certainly if they're from North London as Harry Kane is, then yeah, um, it helps. But people can learn. Mm. I think Lamella played like that was a derby. Oh, just took it out of my mouth, yeah. And, Brilliant. You know, he's a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and. <laughs> 
I think I think the thing is, um, I think it was a credit to how we played that shows Pochettino actually knows what this game means. And you know, he didn't set up eleven behind the balls to go for the nil nil. We've had a lot of draws this year. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact we actually went after them, um, and it was the first time when I'd actually sensed Arsenal were getting so desperate towards the end and end, and you can you could really feel the relief in that ground when they when they equalised. It really yeah. it wasn't just a, oh we scored against Tottenham. We, you know, obviously we're delighted. It's thank fuck for that. You know, we might not have lost this game. Yeah. You could see that by the fact of. Uh, the last 20-25 minutes they had pretty much almost five up front at yeah. one point and even Gary Neville was saying I can't believe what I'm watching here because the gap between they almost had like a front five and to us it, it looked like it was on for us to be able to snatch something on the break it didn't really happen but mm. you could see they were absolutely desperate they could not have lost that game I think it spoke volumes that um, Cazorla and Sanchez two of the players we kind of feared where they're, where they're two quietest mm. players but um, with regards to the question um I don't. Th- I think as long as I think there are some clubs where they drum it into you what the derby means. I mean, Liverpool have always had Carragher and Gerrard to kind of tell the tell the players to come from other countries what the derby means. And I feel that at Spurs, because there's so many young players there, they've grown up. You know, Arsenal's been the biggest game of the year at youth level or whatever, and it's the same at, at you know top level. And it, it helps, but I think Tottenham are getting a bit of an identity now where any new player will know immediately what it means. Do you want to know who gets it, who clearly gets it? Eric Dyer, and he's, yeah. from, he's from Lisbon. Well, he yeah, grew, yeah. Up, in, he grew yeah. up in Lisbon, but that he, he was fucking, he was so good. He yeah. was, it wasn't even that, he didn't Windy have said he wasn't that good. I, I, I could not believe it when I saw Wendy say that. I was, I'm not often disagree with uh, him. Is he on the podcast? No. Why are we talking about him? Okay, <laughs> okay so Eric Dyer yeah. had a quality game. He was passionate. He was hard. He, he was, um, he was exact, exactly everything you'd want from a defensive midfielder in the North London derby. I couldn't agree more. And he, he just he went through prior. It looked like, and even if he has a bad game, his passion and, and intensity makes up for it. He, I love that fucking cunt. Yeah, again, he was... <laughs> He was everywhere, and again, there was another period just as just before they scored. Um, you watched him run nearly forty yards from one side of the pitch to the other to cover Carl Walker, who had been who had been caught forward or we'd lost possession quite further out right side to to make a tackle that he had no right to get mm. to. And you think, and this is a player at the start when we talked about Dyer playing in centre field, and we were worried whether he had the mobility and the and the and the brain to be able to play that defensive midfield role the way he is. And he's been fantastic. And yesterday was perfect in the first half, especially Dyer and Ali just dominated that midfield. Yeah. Absolutely, and, that, and we, we we intercepted, we caught them out of position. Uh, Mertesacker said in the papers today that they that Arsenal were really tired in the yeah. first half. You would be against them too. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if they looked tired. Cozola in the first half looked barely a footballer. They tried to say that he was dizzy, and that's what? why he came off at half time. Not yeah. fucking surprised. Dizzy, <laughs> dizzy yeah. blood. It was uh, no. He was. We we did really well. Dyer was excellent. But I think with um, to get that, you're right. Another person I just want to say who really does get it, and he wasn't even on the pitch at the time, was Ryan Mason. Mm. His celebrations for the goal. He, oh yeah, he, when he's off the He pitch. could not wait to get involved. Kept tapping every single one on the ass every time <laughs> he, he can wait. Fantastic. Yeah. I think the thing is with Dyer and Ali now, though, you know, as they're getting better by the game, and not only are they actually physically so good in the middle of the pitch, it gives the other players confidence. It gives the attacking players to attack, and obviously with uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld, they feel more comfortable with those, those uh, that partnership in front of them. Could you imagine last season if you said that our starting defensive yeah. midfield pairing would be Ali and Dyer? And they were fucking dicking it as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and we've still got Bentaleb and fucking Mason, Mason yeah. potentially our first two teams. It just shows how quickly football can change, and probably yeah. how little because we were worried about know. that. Wasn't exactly. we? It shows you how amazing. Pochettino is, in my opinion. We've got a question. 
uh, from uh, Chris Scott. He says, when was the last time you felt this good about our club? And do you think Poch deserves an extension? I'll answer for everyone and say, yes, he deserves an extension. When's the last time you ever felt as good about the, your club? Well, I mean, the Martin old days is what people kind of alluding to. I mean, under Redknapp, we felt good about the club. It was, it was only because we were good. Yeah. Not because we felt a connection with their players, because we were good. That's mm-hmm. why we felt a connection with the club under Redknapp. Yeah. But under this team now, I feel that a fourth place under this team would be even better than it was last season. So um, so from that point of view, I think it's um, it's a very good time to to be to be a Spurs fan. But I wanted to make a quick point about Pochettino. Was that, um, I think Ben mentioned Ali and Dyer in defensive midfield. And later on in the game, I think Dembele switched back to defensive mid and Ali swapped back. It yeah. just shows a trust and a flexibility in our system that players can just swap positions seamlessly almost I think yeah. the, the first thing Pochettino said in his first interview was we want to make you proud of this club yeah. Yeah. you know it wasn't we AVB we're going to win the league in three years or we're going to get the Champions League it was we just want to make you proud and I think we've almost gone back to step one and actually thought that's all we want at the end of the day you know we want someone that's going to fucking try well 11 of them and I think right now we're, we're as close to having that as we have been for a long long time yeah I think it comes in, in phases because I felt very, like you said, I felt very good at certain points under Redknapp. One, because, you know, we were so good and what we were doing at that time. There were times where I felt really connected with the club with AVB. There's no point, you know, it yeah. seems that, that kind of fondness that a lot of us have for AVB has kind of weaned off maybe in the last few years when you look back at the situation. But there were times at that point where I felt he represented the club properly and, and represented what I wanted a Tottenham manager to be. Sure. But with Pochettino, he's done it in a way that. The style of football that we now play is so relatable to fans because it's about effort, passion uh, and taking pride in, in the shirt that you're wearing. That's very, very easy for us to relate to, which which why it makes it even better for me. But things change very quickly. Um, after the Arsenal game, the Capital One Cup game, um, you know, people are saying, what doesn't understand what it means to be a Spurs? Yeah, I was one of them. It means to be Spurs, and then, you know, obviously you're one of them. And, I still think that. And, um, and I just think that the game yesterday and the run we've had since then may be... You know, it's it's very schizophrenic the relationship with um, Pochettino, because we had the um, the even the Stoke game when we drew two two. Yeah. It was like, well, you know, what the fuck's going on here? And yesterday, and you know, the Bournemouth, the Bournemouth five one after the Anderlecht game, mm. it just shows that it's a work in progress. But we're actually moving towards a target now. Yeah, I feel. To go back to the Fazio thing, I still think that he he doesn't understand, but he's not a fan. And would you want a fan in charge of your football club? No. Fuck no. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, our emotion, we're allowed to have our emotion, we're allowed to express our opinion, yeah. but it wouldn't be very helpful when running a football club. And it could have just been a mistake, you know, a, a scenario where Pochettino has, has made that decision that he did for the Capital One Cup and he made a mistake. Mm. Yeah. You know? He didn't realise how shit he was. <laughs> yeah. Now he knows. So like, he was on the bench the other day. Anyway, fuck yeah. it. Let's not go into Fazio. Uh, we had three games in six days. Yeah. And um, uh, we looked... We looked like we were fit. You wouldn't have thought so the way they talked about Arsenal's week uh, on the television, I'll tell you that. But we'd but we'd had a, a day's less rest. I absolutely don't want to defend them, but there was a high intensity game and they were away. Germany is hardly a it's yeah, hardly a trip I across think, Russia. Play, I think played Munich is a bit more energetic. Play no, Munich away, maybe the they, best team in Europe, arguably. So mentally is, as is well, more, it takes a lot out of your preparation. It's, it's yeah. more than, you know, playing <coughs> Andelect at home. Absolutely. That may well be the case. And you look to get Anderlecht. The the game that we played in the Premier League wasn't evident at Anderlecht. It was sitting back. It was just going through the paces. Let's win this game, but let's not show too much effort because we need to play Arsenal. Mm. And it seemed like a sensible decision because then anyone who watched that Anderlecht game, it wasn't great. Mm. I mean, we won the game through um, an amazing Dembele strike. 
Um, but it, you know, he did the right thing by not putting too much intensity in. He, as a manager, reserved their energy for the game against Arsenal. Wenger, as a manager, decided to, for whatever reason, exert energy in Munich. No, but they, they, they couldn't afford to get. No, yeah. not, yeah. they lost it anyway. Yeah, I mean, but they couldn't afford but, to go in there if not. But the choices yeah. of the two managers are, were evident on, I on think Sunday. Probably the way way more is the fact that the the type of defeat that Arsenal had in the week would have been mentally, a, you know, a, a, probably a, a bigger a bigger aspect of it. But that's their own fault for being twats. But you know, I mean, as has been said, um, for us to be Arsenal at Arsenal, we have to be at their best. And they've got to be a little bit off their best. And um, yesterday we were. Almost at our best. Yeah. Mm. Almost at our best. I think we got a bit careless towards the time when their equaliser came. Um, and li- the time they had not to the equaliser, uh, Mark Dean was giving them everything. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you felt that on the ground because I, I, I it felt like all the decisions, all the little decisions were going their way. Yeah. yeah and it, it just is. felt like the game was we were just losing the game. And the players, I could see the players getting frustrated at them getting all the decisions. It yeah. felt, I felt just to wrap this up. But I, I felt the the I felt the. Ref did all right, actually. I thought there was a few things when the way we closed down and the way we snap in the challenges, we're always going to give fouls away. But I thought um, there was quite a few that, that he let go, actually. I wasn't, it was quite nice that the it's, ref it's was weird. barely mentioned. I it's, thought. it's weird in the ground because obviously I've got, the, I've got the benefit of commentary. Yeah, of course. I've got absolutely. the benefit of a replay, but yeah, it just yeah. felt like they were getting everything. But hmm. uh, Dan Arlington asked <clears throat> about the tit for tat destruction of each other's stadiums. Obviously, they tore up some cardboard in our stadium and we smashed the bits their toilets. Um, is it a problem? Do you care? I don't care. I don't really care. I think it's always going to happen, isn't it? Um, it this is not. It's not, it's not the a first new time. It's, it's not, not a new thing. thing. No, it happens every it's single. The social media has just made everything exacerbated mm. more than what it was. But the point, oh. the point I was going to make here was, um, was that I mean, I wanted to go for a piss at half time. I had to go to, I, we, we had to put men in the ladies' toilet to go for a piss because that toilet was out of <laughs> out of commission. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're, and, you're angry. No, it's not something I'm angry, just that um, you, you're destroying a toilet that the Arsenal fans don't use. So it's, it's symbolic, I remember I understand it, it's symbolic that we smashed your ground up, but it's not a part of the ground that they use. Yeah, so and it's like, almost shooting ourselves they in the foot. They haven't fought it through, is what you're saying. No, but you know. But I mean, when you're angry, you do. You've got to start yeah. somewhere. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what are you suggesting? You have to break into the arsenal so you can smash that toilet. <laughs> yeah. so that'd be nice. Um, yeah, that would be Funny good, story, it? actually. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's not a funny story. My toilets are very rubbish, but um, <laughs> I, was sat, I was sat in a block next to their fans, and um, yeah. as you go into the concourse, and who's been to the away game would know at Arsenal that you've got, like, um, even the same at Tottenham. So, block 23 is the last block before their block. And as you go to the concourse, you've got a little wall between their fans. And their fans are just really, really giving it between the wall. Yeah. And why this was amusing was because on the train, I mean, I, I had a drink a few stops up from, um, from Arsenal. And on the train, it was about me and probably four or five other people. And we went on the train and just sang the army on the train. Yeah. There's like five of us and loads of their fans. They didn't say anything. Well, what, are five of us going to beat everyone up on the train? Yeah, yeah no, probably. No, 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 not that we're violent or anything. <laughs> so, so we go on the train. You know what I mean? Nothing happens. You know, we sing, you know, Wenger. You know, Wenger's, well, a lot of libelous songs about Wenger that I can't really repeat on here. Pedophile. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> it, allegedly. Yeah. So... Um, as you go towards the Arsenal ground, you leave, the, you, leave, you leave the Arsenal station and at some point they turn right to go into the stadium. When they, when they, when they got up those steps, 
they yeah. start singing the songs at us. I'm like, well, you were shoulder to shoulder with me for fuck's sake. Yeah. I'm not a fucking Kimbo Slice or David Hay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that big. Why are you fucking singing next to me? Just well, fuck it, boys, man. Fuck boys. <laughs> that, I mean, you make a good point. Yeah. They are fuck boys. I think. Under pitching off it. Just to, just to say something like, I mean, you, T said something in the pub about, you know, look. Also, you know, these are multi-million-pound, you know, businesses as in Tottenham and Arsenal. Look, you know, if we think we can't afford to replace a bit of cardboard, and they can't afford to replace a bit of porcelain. Does it really matter? No, of course it doesn't. It doesn't matter. matter. It's a smashed-up toilet. It's a bit of ripped-up cardboard. It's a little bit of, um, you know. Banter, for want of a better word, between yeah. two sets of fans. It's not oh, worth getting sanctimonious. Exactly. Yeah. Don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It don't matter. Let the club sort it out. If yeah. they get fined, then it doesn't. It's, it's fucking drop in the ocean. Yeah. Just you know what? Don't worry about it. No, Got the international just, break now, anyway, so they'll be relieved, won't they? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, read a book or something. <laughs> don't do something better with your time. What book could you this. recommend, Flav? Um, Slaughterhouse Five. Well, yeah, that's, that's, like that is a good fucking book. Yeah. Um, like me and myself. <laughs> What? Ian Wright, me and myself. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you had that book. So <laughs> it's, it's your mate. Tell us about it, your mate. What's happened? It's like that signed copy down there in your bag. I even did one of those, like, at, you know, oh. like, like that, and then a hug after. Oh, what am I doing? What did you I get it right? Did you go for like yeah, the high-fiving and the hug, or did you mix it up? I did have the panic before of knowing, is this a handshake or uh, yeah. or one of those... <laughs> we, sh- we should say that every time we go to greet each other, ever, that we can't decide whether we're going we to high-five or we, cuddle. We or... think we're cool enough to do the, the high-five and then a hug, but we fuck it up every <laughs> time. <laughs> we're fucking neeks, yeah. a lot of us. We're pricks. <laughs> yeah. We're absolute pricks. Um, okay, so Dembele. Let's, let's finish on Dembele, because in, in my opinion, was man of the match against Arsenal. I know some people say in Deli really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you was in the ground, exactly what you're talking about. I was watching. I know I'm talking about. It wasn't him. <laughs> well, it was him. I thought he was up there. <laughs> was I must admit, yeah. But it just says how uh, well we played, doesn't it? it, it does. You have to. So much debate about it. Yeah. It was. He yeah. has a gender against him because because I spotted <laughs> Dembele first. Against him. You That's do have a gender no, against him. You said don't. he was shit. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. In the in the ground against Stoke, you said he was shit. You said he's not good enough. Shouldn't play for Spurs. And I said he was. The, I did, one of our, did not say that. Right. Well, we'll. You're ruining. I will do it on on a pod if you're going to slander my name. (laughs) Anyway, look, I tell you, I've never seen a player who can keep the ball like him. He he just can't get it off him. He's so strong. And in that game against Arsenal, he was the exact. It was exactly what we what we needed. They couldn't get the ball off him. It slowed it down. We were able to get players into uh, position. Uh, I just thought he was superb. I love him. I want him to start every week. Um, I think Trunk did a tweet earlier on. Is like. um, Trying to get the ball of Dembele and all these things like that. It's harder to get the ball of than getting the, getting the yeah, ball of Dembele. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny. What um, was oh, something to do with FIFA. I don't play console games. I've got no clue what I even remember. I think it's funny. <laughs> right, look at his tweet and find out. But no, um, I think it's um, interesting in that Dembele, people have said oh, the move to Napoli is complete. What? Um, yeah, but there's a few rumours on Twitter saying no, they moved to Napoli. No, he just started in the North London derby. He's following this the wrong people. This, this is way before that. This is way before that. Oh, okay. So, um, and Dembele even said comments, <coughs> comments alluding to, you know, being a bit confused under what he got to do under Pochettino. But he scored, he scored three and three prior to prior to the Arsenal game. Um, Cazorla got taken off at half time. Um, Sanchez was quiet and. I just think Dembele's got so much versatility. It's so important to our squad. He can play defensive midfield. He can play attacking midfield. He he links well with other players, and he seems pretty popular within the club. But he's actually our oldest outfield player as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, th- I think the thing is with Dembele, like, I've I've always felt there's always been a good player there, and 
it's not necessarily been trying to find a position for him, but sort of almost like more of a system. Yeah. And I think with us now sort of pressing high intensity, you know, he's he's good at winning the ball and keeping the ball and playing that pass. And I think with him sort of playing slightly up the pitch, you know, he catches um, opposition out in in their half. And, uh, you know, that's what we look to do. That's what all front, you know, front four players um, that we have try and do. And I think he's finally just found himself in a system which, which just seems to work and he's enjoying it. Mm. I think one of the key things that he did for us yesterday, and I think it was what put him up there for me for, for man of a match, was there were so many little times where we win the ball back you know, on, at the back four or just in front of the back four or Dyer would win it back. And when you need that player to be able to just get past that, um, first, that first couple yeah. of men or even just to drive into a little bit of space so then it opens the pitch up uh, f- for the other wide men and I thought actually Dembele and Lamella did an awful lot together you could see that every time he went past that first man or just took that little step to the right or the left that gave him two, three, four yards in front of him the majority of the time he was looking for Lamella and it's I've, I was never a big fan of Dembele because I, I, I thought he'd had his chance and I just didn't think that that was going to come but he's been he's brilliant and, and I agree with you Flav, he, was, he was right up there yesterday for me The, the worry I have is that um... If he has one bad game, I hope he doesn't get a drop. Last season, he played in the North London derby that we won 2-1. Yeah. And he had an absolute nightmare because yeah. West Ham in the 2-2. And he didn't play for ages after that. I hope that if he does have a nightmare, that he's not ostracised in the way that he was. I mean, understandably, you've got Ben Taleb and Mason kind of tromping at the heels, ready to come back in. I just hope that if Demel has a bad game, that he doesn't get forced out like he did last time. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, would you, hopefully? But you don't know, do you? Yeah. I think Dembele is the most underrated player we have. What? <laughs> Are we going to go on? No. Nah. Um, um, no, I'm going to go on. I'm going to talk about this in the second half about the January transfer window. And um, Pochettino is, ma- is managing with his resources and what he has. But I hope that the management at Tottenham, you know, leave yet at all. Don't think that, you know, because we're doing well now, they don't need any more players. They still need a couple more players to improve yeah. us. I, wanna do, I do want to talk about this in the second half. So, yeah, like an so. interesting article in, uh, in the Standard about how we need to. Strengthen in January. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. You saw yeah. that was a good article. Anyway, we'll do that in a sec. Um, Eric Lamella. Yes, I was just about to say, can we, we talk about Eric Lamella? You, yeah. you know, not, we're not going to talk about it. You say what you've got to say and then okay. we'll finish. Uh, uh, more then, tackles. Ben, than... do you want to say something? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll add on top. Then. Go on then. Lamella, brilliant. More tackles than anyone else. Ran his absolute bollocks. He was, off. He was, brilliant. He was fucking amazing, and I won't have it. Amazing <laughs> the, for fuck's sake. He was. He was amazing at what he did. Yeah, exactly. That's what, what do you want him to do? Amazing at stuff he doesn't. Well, I suppose yeah, he probably could be amazing at stuff. He but what <laughs> I mean is, goals. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he he was just. If you talk about players that get it right, and whether he gets it mentally, and, you know, sitting there in the training room going, "Come on, lads, we've got to be Arsenal." That might not be true, but in terms of of what he did yesterday, I mean, even after the yellow card, maybe foolishly, but was throwing himself into tackles because yeah. he knew that's what he had to do. In that point, and I think it's it's just it was brilliant. I don't care what player we bought. I don't care about that. I don't know how much. I don't care about how much money we spent on him. I don't care about the fans' expectations of what they wanted from him. Mm. Pochettino has <coughs> turned him into a player that he wants yeah. that works in his system. Absolutely, and that's the only thing that's that's important. I, th- I think you've literally just hit the nail on the head there. I think you know when when we first signed him, he's given the number eleven shirt. We're expecting goals, flair, beat a couple of players, whatever. But I think he's almost said, right. right Forget all that. Like, let's start from step one. Let's build, work on your defensive game because that's how I want you to play. And I think, 
I, I think the thing is with Lamina, if you drop him into any other side, it probably won't work. But I think at Tottenham Hotspur, it's working right now as yeah. a team. You know, individually, I don't think he's been fantastic, but I think he's contributed. And I think you take away the fact he was a £30 million player, and I think he adds value to our side right now, and you can't, can't really shift him. Magnific- magnificent. Uh, it was a good half, boys. Good half. Good half. Almost as good as our first half against Arsenal. <laughs> now we've got Windy. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, the first thing to report is that Shaq Coulthurst has returned from League One team Wigan after a fairly unsuccessful loan period. He had an injury disrupted time, but once back fit, he couldn't force his way into their team. DeAndre Yedlin played 90 minutes in Sunderland's 1-0 home defeat to Southampton. Grant Ward also played the full 90 and got an assist for Rotherham in a 5-2 home defeat to Ipswich. He played in their 1-0 defeat at Middlesbrough on Tuesday as well. Dominic Ball played the full match and Nathan Ottawa 62 minutes as Rangers beat Alloworth 4-0. And Connor Ogilvie returned from injury to play the full match as Stevenage had a comfortable 3-0 win against Gillingham. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18s went 1-0 down but came back to win 2-1 against West Ham on Saturday morning. Defenders John Dinsey and Jaden Brown scored their first goals at that level. The under-21s beat Schalke 3-1 in the Premier League International Cup on Tuesday night. Shane Harrison scored twice and Luke Amos once. And Hugo Echiog praised Cameron Carter-Vickers and Milos Velkovic after the game, saying they won everything and put us on the front foot. That gave us the platform. The next fixture in the under-21 league is not until the 27th of November, which again brings up the question of whether the league is fit for purpose and the kind of structure of it. Uh, there tend to be big gaps in fixtures and it's up to clubs to arrange friendlies to keep things ticking over for their players. This week I have two questions about our young goalkeepers. Guilty Passion Fruit from Reddit wants me to do a profile on Tom Glover, whilst uh, THFC Worldwide has asked about the future for Luke McGee. Both are very talented young goalkeepers. Luke McGee's 20 now, whereas Tom Glover's only 17. That means there's that bit more pressure on McGee to start looking for a loan move or breaking through and having the occasional cup performance. We must remember that 20, of course, is still very young for a goalkeeper. Um, They tend to come through a lot later, and Courtois is really an exception to the rule in that regard. I would say they're both very dominant in the penalty area, both quick to come off the line, both good shot stoppers. Distribution is definitely a question mark for both. Where they get it right, they're both good distributors from the back, but they are both prone to the occasional rush of blood to the head with poor passes out, which can put the defence under pressure. But that quality of building from the back is something that they can establish over the next few years as they look to develop. And I would think that both will need loan moves. Certainly McGee at this point will be pushing for a loan move to a a League 2 club, perhaps. With Glover um, probably fast-tracked because he's a little further ahead of his development than McGee was at the same age. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. <laughs> Alex from Bristol just got out of, out of breath eating a digestive biscuit. <laughs> it's quite... Sh- it's just a lot of, uh, lot of crumbs. You actually went... <laughs> it's like you've been underwater for about 30, for yeah. a minute. It's a good job I've got a good fitness and physique, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Wendy, by the way. Thanks, Wendy. It's Cheers. the same about Shaq Cawthurst, by the way. Thank you, Wendy. Well, it wasn't, wasn't good enough for Wigan, so they sent him back. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is, it is a shame because he's. Um, I don't know why it's a shame. It's not good enough for Tottenham, but Potts, you'll find he a way. was your pick, wasn't he? <laughs> It was my pick. Pre, yeah, I said 10 goals in all costs. I didn't say for which team, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not. That's still I know, it's still not done it, so. <laughs> it's let me down. <laughs> it's going to be a bit of mine and Trippier after his um, terrible showing against Anderlecht. Although I thought his running off the ball was good. Yeah, plenty, for, plenty of time. For what it's worth, the only way he improves is if Walker gets hurt. I don't think he'll, I don't th- I don't think he'll improve playing for um, being in the Europa League only. I think he improves by growing an extra foot. He's uh, so small. Mm. It's about the same height as Rose. Rose is just a bit more tonk, isn't it? Mm. Is that true? Yeah. That, no, I guess that is true, actually. Mm. I touched his bum when he celebrated against Chelsea last year, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was it like? Danny Rose? Yeah, it was, um, it was firm. Rock yeah, solid. Firm. Yeah, probably the one word. I, <laughs> I reckon he's got a tattoo on his ass. I don't know why. <laughs> of a rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New Yorkshire Rose. <laughs> um, Chris, your mate. Mm. Uh, we just talked about he got pissed Chris away. underscore Spurs. Chris underscore Spurs with a K. Says Deli Ali uh, is 19 years old, playing for Spurs, and has just got man of the match in the North London derby. I'm 19 and burnt myself uh, iron in a shirt, which <laughs> is uh, which is spot on. Yeah. Because I mean, what? <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing that a 19 year old can come on, uh, come to Spurs from Milton Keynes, who are in League One at the time, and a nothing d- club, a nothing club. Yeah. Um, and, and he's walked into the Spurs team, and it's by his own admission said yeah. that he wouldn't, he didn't expect to be playing. Yeah. And he's starting the North London derby, mm. and on merit, it isn't the fact that we don't have anyone else. I mean, you could argue that Dembele could have played that that position, but Pochettino trusted Ali to to be able to do that. Anyway, we got some responses on Twitter. Yeah, because we asked um, Twitter, um, so what was you doing at the age of nineteen? So um, <laughs> I didn't see this. <laughs> so Andy Balfour said, um, "Drinking and finger b- finger banging slappers." <laughs> now, the reason why I picked that one out is because um, you're a chauvinist. You know, yeah, slappers right. is an interesting choice of words. It wasn't no. even that. It's, 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 it's about the fingering. It's like um, no matter how much technology we go, get Tinder and plenty of fish and all the rest of it. But fingering is a timeless thing. Oh, it's an art. It's, it's a timeless art. Like yeah. teenagers, yeah. Yeah. it's a rite of passage. I'm, I'm 34 yeah. and I still don't know how to finger properly. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a couple of times where I'm thinking, is this working? <laughs> yeah. it's, almost like, it's almost like when you have a WKD as your first alcoholic beverage. Yeah. You sort of do it just to test the water and yeah. then you can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I've just found another really good one. Go on. Um, Moody Tosser, at Moody Tosser on Twitter, said... Um, <laughs> Moody Tosser. I fucked a mother and a daughter in the same week. Still the best thing I've done. I'm now 36. Yeah. <laughs> this got, is actually quite misogynistic. I'm really sorry about this, but sorry. Like, these are the best answers. Look, this yeah. is what people have said. They're not the best answers. They're some of the answers yeah. uh, that, that, that have been chosen well. at random. Yeah. Not the, uh, on our preference. No, no. Well, um, and, and to be fair, 36, that's, that's quite a feat of mother and daughter. Mother and daughter, yeah. 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 I could long be dining out on that for the They never got paid for it. I mean, you know. Somebody, somebody a porn kind of um, imagine staple, getting, isn't imagine it? Imagine getting paid for being good at fingering. <laughs> Bloody hell. There's a couple of porn stars who really do nail it. Just drip everywhere when they oh, oh, Are you going to name drop here again? No, it's just like, it's like, a, broken, it's like a broken fridge. It's just, just everywhere. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Next one is um, Neil, Neil Kirk, with a knee at the end. Um, so he's working in a warehouse and wanking into a sock over Baywatch. Hashtag living the dream. <laughs> I think, I think I can, I'm of a similar age, I can kind of relate that. In your late teens, Baywatch, you know, Pamela Anderson walk, running re- in the slow motion. I remember it, but I never wanked into a sock at work. No. What did you wank into? Uh, just on the floor, just sprayed it everywhere. <laughs> and then rubbed it in with my sock on my foot. Right <laughs> under your face. Yeah. No. Not a Baywatch. That was At least probably. it wasn't onto the woman on the, on the other table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I think this is the last one um, right. from Jamie Watts. He said, um, "Spending all week knocking my pen in on a site and getting wasted than class says at the weekend. Ali is missing out. Hashtag real life." So. <laughs> it is, uh, there, there is something to be said about the the things that professional footballers miss out on. Um, you know, given the fact that they're they're earning a shitload of money. And most of us would turn in our own lives to to to, to earn that, but mm. they're they're not living real lives, no. and they probably never will. Mm. That's how footballers never grow up. Do I was they? I was speaking to Kevin Gallagher earlier. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gallagher. <laughs> no, he said Gallagher. Whatever, mate. Yeah. He's my mate. He's lying. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what he said, but I just want to say his name again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, ben Foreman um, from San Diego Spurs. Um, he says, hey guys, I'm chairman of San Diego Spurs and together with every supporters club from the city of San Diego, we have gotten together to raise money for a local charity. Yalla is a charity, is their charity of choice. They are a college predominant... Predom- predatory. predatory. You, you read it. They are a college predatory programme for immigrant and refugee children that uses football to motivate and build a successful future. We believe this is the first time so many American-based supporters groups have gotten together to do anything like this. If it isn't too much to ask, could you possibly... Well, anyway. Can you please mention it on the podcast? People can go to www.gofund.me backslash San Diego EPL to, to donate. So that's like a pretty worthy cause. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a massive thing around the world about uh, refugees and obviously it's uh, a worthy cause. And if you have money that you're willing to spare, then why not give it to them? After you've given it to Engineer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then come, yeah. But uh, we've got to kind of rein in our, our charity this stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, it's, it's a it's, it's a positive thing, and if we can use the time on this, and people are stupid enough to download it and listen to it, then why not give it to refugees? Uh, Jake, I, I can't. I, he's my mate. Just to uh, say, Jake, I don't know his surname, but I'm going <laughs> to give it a go. Waloshek, Waloshek. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it was, that's about right. It's it? Waloshek. The W's are V's over there. I don't care. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of bickering between you two. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, we've we've had it. We've been in a relationship for two weeks yeah. now, and uh, it's it is a strain. Who's fingering? Who? The honeymoon period's over. Yeah. <laughs> if only it was just a finger, that would be. Yeah, that would be <laughs> takes his watch off. <laughs> Not his rings off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ask the question to you, please. If Flav is too busy to watch football of me, what kind of mate does that make him? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point actually. I'm not too busy to watch football with him. I, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to spend every single game in the Hope and Anchor pub in Crouch End to watch football with Jake. He's um, a dear friend of mine, but I had things to see to. I had a woman to see to in Wiltshire, and <laughs> um, and as, as attractive as Jake is, and he's yeah. a very attractive man. True. He's not as attractive as fingering. <laughs> for, for the weekend yeah that's a good point so okay uh, Robbie Savage versus John Terry Beef does the uh, does the level of your achieve- achievements in football have any bearing on your validity of your views 
It doesn't have a bearing on the on the validity of, uh, of what, his what views. What are we doing, otherwise? Yeah, yeah exactly. My, my issue with this is is that uh, I actually was listening to Talk Sport. I very rarely do, but I just happened to do on that on that day. And they were talking about that, saying, you know, well, look, Robbie Savage's views are just as relevant as anyone else's. You know, this is, the, you know, we pundits are there to, to pay to give their opinion. You know, and, and every opinion is worth is worth as much as everyone else's. And I, I hate John Terry, obviously. He's uh, I hate, we hate the pair of them. He's, I mean, of course, yeah. I do. Yeah, but John Terry is, is a particular <coughs> different level of scum. But what he was actually saying in that was. You say, look, when I get criticism of the Nevilles and the Ferdinands and the Carragers of this world, I'll take that on board. That'll hurt me. That'll make me want to improve. Robbie Savage saying something is like hearing someone just random in the street say it. It's not going to affect me. And I think that's what, what he meant to go over there. But the media jumped on it so much, particularly the the fan base media jumped on it jumped on it so much as if to say well you know yeah you should you know you should be ringing us ringing us ring our show Alex do you think your opinions are less valid than than Robbie Savage's no okay that's the answer (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I just felt he John Terry and I don't want to but I just felt that he got kind of maybe slightly miss represented why can't a a footballer come out and go he more or less was saying Robbie Savage is a prick You know, that, that's fine. I think, I think yeah. the thing is, footballers will listen to their, you know, ex teammates, other footballers. It's been in profession. I think fans will listen to other fans down the pub on things like this. And it's almost two two different types of markets. Obviously, you have yeah. you have like um, fans that watch Monday Night Football for Neville and things like that. But you know, I don't think if we didn't have like this, then what's the point in having a discussion about football? You know, <laughs> like you just watch it going. That'd be it. So absolutely, exactly. And John Terry's responded to an opinion, and that's part of it as well. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It, course, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. It, you know, it's all part of it. It's all part of that discussion. The irony is, is that Robbie Savage is known for saying on. I don't listen to talk, but I know he's known for saying that you're not playing a game at any level. What, what what's the point of your opinions? And now it's happening the other way around. So it's like, well. It's kind of taken on the fans' view that, you know, because I've not played football at your level, that doesn't make my, my opinion any less valid. Um, I think I think on Twitter someone said, I've forgotten his name, I'm going to be... Don't worry about it. Grief with it. But he said, um, you know, that John Terry was right. I'm like, well, you've got people like uh, Mourinho and Wenger. Well, Wenger, to be fair, Wenger won a league title as a player. But you've got like Mourinho and AVB, who know a lot about the game, but have not played to a very high level. So, mm. you, know, you can't just, you can't just um, take opinions... From someone who's won stuff and someone who's not won stuff. I mean, there's some things that in top level football that you have to have played it to understand, i.e., the psyche in the title winning dressing room. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't get that from being in the studio all, yeah. all day. But yeah. but if, if John Terry isn't playing at his best, anyone can see that. Yeah. I don't think you need to be playing football at a high level to see that he's not doing that, he's not his best. If, but if, if, sorry, go on. If you're talking about something that you have no idea about, so someone's lost the dressing room or someone's not playing, they're not giving enough effort, there's no way you can know that. So you you make yourself but look... You've got, you got to say what you see, that's what... Yeah. yeah, you say what you see, but you're talking about things that you really have no idea about. And we, we, we did that here on, mm. on the pod, but most of the stuff, in terms of tactics or the way we view football, it's our opinion, it's the way we interpret the game, and it's fine that we have that opinion. Yeah. Um... Basically, Terry's mugging Savage off. Yeah, and and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it is. You know, it's all right. Who gives a shit? I think I just just one thing. I, just, I I read an article. I can't remember where it was from now, but I think it was something that that Martin Cloak retweeted. But and they were talking. Someone was 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 writing about Savage and saying that what their his problem, their, his particular problem with people like Savage is, is it's it's almost doesn't matter what his opinion is. It's just the way that he puts it across, and he's he's, he's just, just very there. Good. He's yeah, but he's just there to be inflammatory. For the sake of being in, yeah. inflammatory, and 
you know, personally, I, you know, I have a big thing about pundits. I want, I want to be able to have some insight from from a, from a pundit and that sort of thing, which is why I can't stand Thierry Henry because he offers nothing. Um, and I think that's why he was saying just some people are just kind of forced upon or shown off on TV just because they'll shout their opinion the loudest or say it in the most abrupt and blunt way. Well, I mean, we talked about Paul Merson earlier on, and he's another example of that. Someone whose opinions are, who's a proper football man, he knows the game, and that's just, that's just such an invalid and woolly statement to make about anybody in football. There's some people, I mean, Lee Dixon's actually, for, I mean, I know he's ex-husband, but he's actually a very good pundit. Mm-hmm. He's insightful, and Genus is similar, you know, speaks well about the game, and he knows the game. But um, I think that... Um, in football, is a bit of an old boys' club, and I think that the that Gary Neville, and to a certain extent Jamie Carragher, people like that coming through shows that football isn't being dumbed. F- people don't want football to be dumbed down. Yeah. Do you see anyone uh, see Sooners mug off uh, Henri? Oh, that was beautiful. That was, yeah, that was yeah. glorious. Yeah. One of the best things I've seen. Uh, as soon as <laughs> I, I just a few days before I listened to Sooners on the Graham Hunt, uh, Hunter podcast. Did you enjoy it, by the way? I, I, I did enjoy it. I don't enjoy Graham Hunter. I just find him a little it's bit... He's a bit of a psychopath. Yeah, I do struggle with him, must admit. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a suck-up. But um, Graham Sooners was, was, was excellent. He talk, uh, talks in depth about his time at Spurs, actually, under yeah. Nicholson and him trying to get get into the... This was obviously after the 61. Yeah. Uh, a team, we had a great team, and he was desperately trying to get into our first team. I think he played one substitute appearance in Europe. There's a funny Which, story behind that. What is it? Because um, he came on a sub for um, Alan Mullery, who was our captain at the time, and said, it's about a fucking time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? That's what I said when he came on. Yeah, yeah he, he, he basically thought that he was better than everything we had there. As it turned out, he absolutely was. He was probably one of the best midfielders that Britain have ever produced. Never seen him play. Um, <laughs> not right, to be fair. Yeah. But that's what he said on the okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, he wasn't meant to be. Funny. Yeah, he was incredible. Anyway, let's, let's, let's move. Uh, yeah, he mugged off Henri, which is always good for De- Des Coys, uh, or I imagine Des- Desmond. Sounds like a stand-up guy. Desdemona. <laughs> oh, Desi. He says, uh, who do you think we'll, we will target uh, to bring in January transfer window? Uh, will it be similar to who we aim, aim for in the last? I think EBBP on Twitter also asked a similar question. Yeah, did, yeah. Um, who realistically could we bring in? I mean, based on the last transfer window, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm hoping that we bring in someone I've never heard of because they're turning out all right. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, the emergence of Dyer has um, maybe curtailed the immediate need for a defensive midfield starter. You know, like a you know like a Wanyama, for example, which I don't think would happen in January anyway. Southampton are not that type of club where they will. You know, they almost decide when they sell. Really, It'd be difficult um, to buy him. Yeah, yeah. Berahino is still one I think that. Is quite likely to, to come off. I think. I think that will probably would have been part of the discussion. I think he would have signed a new contract by when now if he was really going to stay. Did he sign a new contract? No, he didn't. When does it run out? Do you know? Uh, end is of it... next year. Okay. Which yeah, means so puts us in, a, in, a, in quite a good yeah. quite a good position. I think. Um, yeah, I think he would have. You see that all the time. That you were. I mean, look at De Gea. You know, going back mm. and forth. He knows he's going to be there for the year, so sign a new contract, get a little more money, and then mm. we'll talk about it in the summer. But he hasn't done that, which leads me to believe that January is probably quite a, a big. A big opportunity for Berahino to come in, and I think that is actually someone that could actually do well. I think Ng T is probably right with Ng that maybe he's a bit more raw than perhaps we'd have hoped, and maybe needs a, a season or so before mm. he, we start seeing something from him. I mean, the thing was, he, he was almost third choice. Said, um, "Is it Leon we signed him from?" Leon, yeah. um, you know. So I don't think we were expecting an immediate impact. A player out of their pace and a natural sort of plan B. But I, 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 I mean, just looking at this question, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it before, but. Um, 
I, I could almost see it going a similar route. Um, you know, I could see us bringing Berahino, um, or it might go similar to how this January went, and then we'll sign a player like Deli Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a younger player, maybe from the Championship League One or something that we've been watching for a couple of years. Um, that we think, okay, might be able to push his first team next year. Um, but obviously, I don't think there'll be anything major. Do do we sign a player that will at least give us an excellent chance of finishing the top four? Is it worth gambling? Because ev- the, the evidence of the past and levy is that we haven't done that. Mm. that. You know, you think about the time when we were second or third, third yeah, in, in January, we could have pushed for the league title. There was another time when we finished fourth. And I, I think we signed Saha and, and Nelson. Yeah. And that was, I know that the... Narrative at the moment is that we didn't trust Redknapp. No, to... I, I think it seems to be that, does it? I mean, I don't think it's but in our. Surely you trust Pochettino. Uh, uh, so, do, what... do you know? Do you know what? I don't think it comes down to trust. I don't think it's in our strategy to go out and spend thirty million on a player that might put us over the edge. And I think yeah. that that's just how it is at the moment. You know, whether we like it or not, we're signing new players, we're pushing them through, we're promoting them. That's how we're gonna gonna keep growing. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, as the two guys have said just now, and the players who are doing the best are the ones who. Nothing was really expected of um, Dyer and Ali, yes. two prime examples. Um, I don't think we're gonna. I think I don't see us offering twenty-five million for for Berrino, But the the thing I think Flat pointed out earlier on in the article in the Evening Standard was um, our relations with West Brom and Southampton are a little bit fractured <laughs> because we unsettled um, when the armor didn't leave. We unsettled Berrino. Didn't leave. It's been fractured for twenty years. I mean, they hate us. No, but you know, but in all, in all seriousness, I think I with West Brom, it's more of a recent thing in that um, I don't see them selling Berino to us in January. But I think we do need to supplement the squad a little. But January is a very difficult window. It's a very very difficult. Window. Yeah, I think I think two things. I think what might open it up slightly is I think I think there's probably a, a maybe a stronger possibility that Townsend goes in January. Yeah, I which think that's now done. Yeah, mm. which which then leaves space. Money option for cash plus player for anyone I know that rarely happens, but you know for that to be involved slightly, and also I, I'm genuinely the past and history doesn't doesn't support this idea in any, in any way. But with Chelsea's drop off, yeah. with that evidence that that place in the top four really is up for grabs now for someone to really go and it's up to us or Liverpool, you know maybe Leicester, we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, about um, about you know grab grabbing that opportunity. Will they see with the stadium coming over the next couple of years with the money that Champions League would bring? Do they go? You know what? Let's spend that extra five, ten, fifteen million quid if Pochettino really does think that that player is going to push us over the edge. Do you know what might solve this problem? Mm-hmm. By Jamie Vardy. Yeah, because that destroys Le- uh, Leicester, gives us a striker in the, that we need, arguably mm. one fast loop. Just, How old is Vardy though? Isn't he like 28, 28 in the? 28. I, I don't. Yeah, he's fucking 28. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck me. He's come all the way up through the league. That takes time. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he was like 21. No, I was surprised. No, I was surprised when he said today when but he was that old. How, how much will it cost to guarantee uh, destroy Le- Leicester's hopes and gar- guarantee us a? Like I say, it'll be interesting to see. How much will it cost to buy Jamie Vardy? <laughs> 15 at least. I 15 think. million, that's nothing. They don't it? want to sell, do they? So they could almost charge what they wanted. I think the thing is, if, if you had sort of seen 12 months ago, we're having this d- discussion over Leicester and their best forward, you think, oh, fucking hell, we're fighting relegation this year. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's credit, credit to them, of course. Fuck them. 
<laughs> I hate Leicester. They've just they've destroyed Have they really so played anyone t- yet? Really? Who? They've, they've, they've played Arsenal. So they've played Arsenal. They've not played lost. City yet. They got smashed by Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think, think again they've lost. I, I think I think the Christmas New Year period will. Might, might I think. I think they will tail away. They have to. And conversely, oh God, please, they've got to. Imagine losing out the fourth to fucking Leicester. It's going to happen. Oddly enough, our Christmas period and our well after we play Chelsea, we got we got we got. Yeah. We've got, I think it's West Brom, Newcastle, Norwich, Southampton away, which is a bit tough. Um, I think December is quite kind for us. We'll have um, Son back by then. We haven't lost a game in three months. In the league. So I'll be due a defeat at some point this month. Never. Oh, no. We're never losing again. <laughs> we actually yeah. yeah. joked. We, yeah. we joked yesterday that um, we're going to go unbeaten for 37 games and not win the league. Cause it's yeah. It's a tough way. We'll, no, actually, we'll, we'll go 50 games of beating, beat Arsenal's record, and not win a single trophy. Yeah. Do you know what I could just, I, do you, know what you say about losing out the fourth to Leicester would just be like chatting to really hot bird up in the club, like for <laughs> up in the club. Night. Yeah, yeah. Is that what, what yeah. they say? And I said off the chain to one of my customers <laughs> the other day. Yeah, you got to uh, sort yourself out. And um, and then just like your mate turning up from like suddenly coming out of the blue from nowhere and just nicking her at the end. You're like, where the fuck did you come and, from? And he's a three, and your mate is a three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's just got a bit of chat. And he got yeah, lucky. That fucking personality. They both like poetry can, or something. Can you hear the pain in Alex's voice? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. definitely yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. Years, yeah. Has yeah. it happened? Uh, my wife listens to this podcast, so almost definitely not. Yeah, before her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love your wife. Not I know you do, mate, yeah. Was it Fred? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's likely to happen at some point in the future. Uh, Simon Majoub uh, from Facebook, he says, uh, which Spurs player is most likely to survive a zombie apocalypse? You and one other Spurs player are the last surviving men after a zombie apocalypse. You must now repopulate the earth with the remaining women, the lucky bitch. I think it's going to be pretty unanimous. Uh, which, NASA. Which player would you be? What? Well, no, it's not the good looks. Is not what you need. Is he's it? very well. He looks yeah, that's what I mean. Well. Yeah, he's yeah, young, dumb. How do you know? You don't have any babies. You need. Oh, in that case, you need Raheem Sterling or Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> Raheem Sterling's got one child, yeah. so people need to, they need to debunk that shit. Why? He's not a Spurs player. Why do you want to predict him? I'm not protesting, I'm just saying that... He's um, had six children. Don't ruin this with facts. Yeah, why are you ruining this with... Fucking this is his life. (laughs) Ruining shit with facts all the time. (laughs) I I think Eric Dyer and Steel. You think he's very well? Steel, I I don't think he's very well. I think he could do some damage in in the the box. (laughs) I think... uh, I I just think it's someone you you need strength in in this, this kind of blooming population and someone with a steel. And not just that, he understands stuff. He understands the North London derby. Um, you saw that picture of Giroud collapsing and him looking at him like he was an absolute waste, waste yeah. of a man, a cunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sums up Giroud. I mean, it was like watching. I mean, a metro. You see how he was piping up. A metrosexual shouldn't be piping up yeah. at anything. Like you've you've made your place in society. You've understood. You pluck your eyebrows. You trim your beard. You've got a quit. Some, what am I describing myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't look like as girly as he does. So Not don't don't fucking give it. Giroud, don't big yourself up against Eric Dyer. You're a funny, and that's fine. You've decided to be that funny. But Eric Dyer understands this, and and I think in a war against zombies, Eric Dyer's your man. Good point. To be fair, I, I hate agreeing with Flab, but that's quite right in that. Um, I think if you're why do you hate agreeing with me? Because I hate you. Okay, <laughs> you know I don't. You know I don't hate you. But, um, but I think he's made a good point in that um, if you're going to reproduce with Eric Dyer, you're going to get some very practical and straight up kids. Mm. 
who aren't yeah. afraid to give a bit of mouth. Yeah. So yeah. I love uh, See, see, I'll, I'll go down the other route. I want to pick the ugliest bastard so that he can have fuck all and he can do what he wants. Like, I'll go Fazio. <laughs> but Fazio would do all right. I mean, yeah, Lurch would do all right. He's hairy, reckon, he's manly, yeah. he's going to be able to fight. Fucking eight foot five year olds, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'll be able to pick yeah. Your fear of yeah. 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 As soon as he turns five, he's in the sea. Fucking hell. <laughs> if it was me and Fazio, we'd probably be like the hairiest children going in the world. <laughs> no, but you, you two are impregnating women. He's not impregnating you. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> Get him, you, you, you two are not having babies. That's impossible. Yeah. So who would you pick then, based on that? Uh, Fazio. <laughs> You're going to pick someone that's going to so be the least out of competition for you. But no, I go NASA. I just think he's, you know, he'd be a machine. Mm. Okay. We're not talking about who's good at sex. We're talking about who's going to repopulate the world. Yeah, he'd do that as well. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> can someone read Anthony Bill's Facebook? Because it's a lot of words again. Okay. Imagine this, if you will. Chelsea sat Mourinho gets a massive payoff and declares his utter disdain for the club for Chelsea. They come and... Chelsea come in with a ridiculous offer for Pochettino and they face a dilemma. Levy turns to you guys to decide. Oh, jeez. Well, us. Yeah. Us. us four. That would be so great. Well, watch your crashing bird. That would yeah. be so great. The fee we get for Pochettino would pay the wages of the newly free Mourinho yeah. Ooh, for many years to come. Yeah. And old, pickle, old pickled onion head himself determined to exact revenge on the shambles of a club that formerly employed him. Gents, what would you do... And why? So the question is whether or not we'd employ Mourinho. Yeah, we, we'd let Pochettino go to get Mourinho in. Oh, so really? I'm we guessing. Uh, fit- I'm guessing the thinking behind this question is that short term, yeah. yeah, Mourinho would win us stuff, and ultimately we want, we want to go to Wembley, we want the day out, we want to win trophies. That's that's the thinking behind the question. Uh, it's, it's funny. We I had a slight conversation with, with Buddy about this last night and we were talking about oh really how no no in the group <laughs> like best mates right? don't talk about in, group, in the group I know that's why I didn't mention it you Buddy fucking here. mentioned it Buddy here why are we talking about him fine whatever but, but and I was just saying that he was he was mentioning that he was worried that if we you know it's great what's going on with the team at the minute you know the, and the identity and the connection that we have with them but if we don't start doing something with it i.e. winning stuff and finishing in the top four then it won't mean anything because we'll lose players like that and I was saying well the fact that it's almost starting to starting to unite a fan base the fact that I feel the way I feel about the club and about the players at the minute is enough for me nowadays with football Yeah, about the fact of, of wanting to get top four and winning stuff it, it, it is obviously it, it is important I'm not saying it isn't but to just to be able to have that connection with that with, with the club in the way I do that is that's the be all and end all for me now I might be very different to most other people I think what but... Barty's doing is jumping ahead he's jumping the gun basically yeah. we're just getting to a position now where we're comfortable and things are working yeah. don't start thinking about winning stuff just let it happen naturally mm. would you swap Pochettino for, 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 for no because I don't think I'd have that connection because of the way I feel about Mourinho now that's a good point mm. earlier on I may have made a point I may not have made a point that um that if we get fourth now, it will mean more than it did under Redknapp five years ago. Yep. And that um, we've got players who identify with us. And I feel that we may have a potential Diego Simeone situation at Atletico Madrid in that um, players go, um, I forget who they, who they sold, Costa, sorry. They sold Costa and they replaced him with, is it Mandzukic? <laughs> so I feel that if even the Spurs lose, I don't know, an Ericsson or a Hugo, I feel that we may get another player who buys into what we're trying to do. So yeah. from that point of view, I would rather keep... 
Pochettino, but I do crave a trophy, so it would be a, it would be a it would be a wrench to choose Pochettino. But well, I guess we got to consider what what cost. So yeah, Mourinho, but at what cost? But then you have the third season. What's happening now? Yeah, yeah. when um, he got a new stadium. I, I think one Mourinho is a cunt, so no. And secondly, I think right now the level of expectation for the start of the season was probably the lowest we'd yes. ever had ever. And I think. From a fan's perspective, Mourinho comes on board. It's a bit like Klopp now at Liverpool. The paper's talking about title, top four. As much as he laughs it off, that pressure's going to be there somewhere in the club. And I think right now, the fact that we don't have that is so nice to go into every game and not really expect too much. Um, and I think Pochettino's doing so much with this young side that you know you don't know what we could achieve with it. I, I think the expect- expectation that will be built, because that won't exist forever, you don't go into No, no, of course. Yeah. But the expectation that will be built um, will be realistic. Yeah, we organic as well. Organic, that's exactly <coughs> it. That's the word I was looking for. And and I said it last season, The most for the first time in, in, in as long as I can remember, the most important part of our squad is the manager. Yeah. We could lose any one of those players mm-hmm. and it wouldn't really matter. If we lost five or six, then there's, there's nothing any manager under the sun that, that could do to, to, to deal and circumnavigate the problems that that would cause. But Pochettino is key to everything. And for that reason, I, I would say Pochettino as well. But it's not... I'm not... I'm not the, Mourinho is a fucking fantastic manager, regardless mm, yeah. of what is happening this season. Yeah. He is the best manager I've ever seen in my eyes. Maybe him or Ferguson, yeah. mm. but he's up there. Mm. And yeah. to say that Tottenham could get a manager like that, you can't just sort of dismiss it out of hand. I'm with you, Alex. It, it, I feel great supporting Spurs at the mm. moment. I, I look forward to every game. This is Tottenham, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know. yeah. But I mean, I think I don't know if it's yesterday or a couple of days ago. We're having a few debates about what makes a great manager. And um, Wenger, I hate to say it, and Ferguson, these are people who built more than one good team. And Mourinho does not build. More than one good team. Guardiola's on the border of that. I mean, at Barcelona, the team didn't change much during no. his time there. He picked them at the right time, and I've done. They probably bought in Amonri and it'd be. He's rich. managed two great clubs, essentially, yeah. in the end. Yeah, but, yeah, he, but I'm saying is, the mark of a great manager is to build, is to destroy one team and build another. So Ferguson did this time and time again. He was given time to do so. And I feel like Pochettino is someone that if we lost an Ericsson or a Hugo, I've got faith in him to replace him and board another great team. And I think that's what, make, that's what makes Pochettino a good. And potentially a great manager. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, sorry, too. I was, I was just going to say, I think just building on that, you know, right now we've got an identity. You know, we're bringing through young, hungry players that want to play for the boss. You know, these aren't players that have played under another manager for 10 years. We've signed them for 20 million. They've got their own way of playing and we're trying to re coach them new things. Yeah. You know, these are young players that are growing up with Pochettino that are playing how he wants them to play. And I think with that identity that we've been fucking craving for for so long, I think, although having Mourinho is obviously one of the best managers there, I think there's so much more to the football club with Tottenham than that um, that I, I really wouldn't want it to happen personally there's, and, and for me there's a there's a trade off with, with managers like that um, it's, a, it's a big thing for me about managers I mentioned earlier when we talked about about you know the good feeling that I had at, at certain times under AVB you know as much as I enjoyed the time under Redknapp I want a manager that represents the club in in a way that I like. You know, everyone has their own views on on that and whether that's important or not. To me, that's really important. And I mean, this season is is, is different for Chelsea, obviously, but yeah. you have to trade off the spats, the the media hype around it, the constant the constant desire for him to be in on the back of every newspaper all the time, and then just the shit that he just does <laughs> because just his reactions and the way he copes with certain situations. 
you then have a manager that does, just doesn't wouldn't represent us in the way that I would does, want uh, us to represent it. Mourinho clearly damages football clubs. Hmm. It, the, the, he does an amazing amount of work, um, but if you think of every club that he's left, I don't know much about Real Madrid to be fair. But I'm thinking about Inter Milan. He didn't leave them in great state. They they, they, they had just won the treble though. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not... The, oh, no, sorry, he, sorry. he did a great thing with them, but he left them, and then what happened? Um, Real Madrid, I don't... I mean, I'm pretty sure Barcelona left, uh, won the league. He left in, in... Forced out. Forced out, exactly. At Chelsea, he's going to be forced out. There's no way he can see out this season. Unless, suddenly, he has a kind of Klopp-esque recovery that, that Dortmund did. I can't see it. But that was, that was, that was Klopp's problem with it. He, didn't build, he couldn't build a second team at um, Dortmund. That's why he had to go. How he built one great team, but he how couldn't build a the, second. These players, are, uh, uh, these managers, are benefiting from a certain crop uh, you, uh, of players. You know, Roos, Royce, Royce, Kagawa, Lewandowski, Hummels. These are fucking once-in-a-generation type players. <laughs> I mean, even Kagawa, he got the best out of a bank... Uh, Help me out. A bang me Bang average. A bang me oh, oh, right. I, I nearly got it there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm turning into my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he, he had a great team uh, and it's what, what you do afterwards. And even Nicholson struggled yeah. after, you know, the, the R61. 61, yeah. 61 and then he went it was, on. It was really bizarre because we almost won the league loads before and loads shortly after and he kind of just fell away and the second yeah. time we built won the FA Cup and... What you got to remember? Sorry, sorry just to finish my yeah. point, is Klopp uh, and these great managers. No doubt they are because they're doing, they're, they're, they're getting the best out of great players, and even that is difficult. And a f- only few managers can do that. But the biggest thing, the biggest worry I'd have if I was a Liverpool fan with Klopp is that he he signed Immobile to replace Lewandowski, which was a, a massive error. Mm. And you can't make that that gigantic error at a club like Dortmund. And I think. Um, there's no manager that's um, immune to the pitfalls of football, regardless. And that's why Arsenal fans have to be so careful about trying to get Wenger out. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, you yeah. get the wrong manager in, you, you could end up like... But you know what's glorious about Pochettino is that, um, I think Gary Neville made this point in his pod, that he's like, destroyed the house yeah. and rebuilt it brick by brick. He got rid of um, Kirikesh, um, Kabul, Paulinho... Soldado, all these players who are on high salaries, and he's, and he's put faith yeah. in. I mean, he's put faith in Ali. He's put faith in the fans can believe in. As yeah, well. exactly. So that shows that that shows signs that maybe he can he can destroy and rebuild a team. He's ruthless. When, when and that, I mean, so just to be quick, um, Osvaldo at Southampton, top player, joined Southampton, one step out of line, you're gone. Yeah. And and Townsend, I mean, we love Townsend on the show, but I think his days are probably numbered. Yeah, he's and he's not afraid. He's not afraid to drop him. And this is a big. Week. We have three games in six days. Yeah. Well, and he's dropped him from the Arsenal game. He's like, you know what? He's because he, Clinton's injured. Yeah. So he probably would have played some part of the squad. He said, you know what? I don't care. You told my line, you don't tell the line, and that's what I like about Pochettino. And that's why I would pick him based on Anthony's question. Yeah. I think we just and set it up by the time that by. You almost know, like you say, Pochettino can stop and rebuild a team again. So if he does lose a couple of players, I think we, we know what we've got now. Why, why swap it for something that we, we might not be sure what you get in the long term from these, from these bigger managers? Uh, <clears throat> do you think Poch's system um, brings us closer to the players or brings him closer to the players? Will we ever see the likes of Van der Vaart or Berbatov under Poch? I, I don't think we'd see anything like those two players and Poch's system they're simply too either lazy or slow or, or they're just mercurial and um, 
I mean, I think I said about 101 times when we had Redden up. He had, uh, he had Pozanecki at Portsmouth. He had um, Paul Merson. And he had Teddy Sheridan at Portsmouth. These are players who have been towards the end of their careers. Mercurial. And so you just go out there and play. But I think Pochettino was like, you know, if you join Tottenham, you could be Messi or Ronaldo. You're going to play in our system. You're going to fit in. You're going to mock him. I mean, look at um, Lamella. We didn't buy him to to run 12k per game. We, play, we bought Lamella to create stuff. But he's made Lamella into a player that's prepared to run us over to the ground. And I, I don't know, how would a Berbatov or BDB get on the pot? I don't know how they'd get on. I don't They're think... Not well, I don't think. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's by George Black, by the way, in 12. I, I think the thing is, those sort of players were exceptional players, <laughs> and we could tell they're exceptional players because we always had teams around them. I think right now... As we sort of touched on earlier, you know, we've got an 11 that's working for one another and it's just working all together. You know, we could say Lloris is one of our better players, Kane or Develle, but, you know, all these players just come together and it seems to work. There's not one player who's, you know, playing for himself or doing everything, scoring all the goals, making all the assists, you know, they, and that's what I love about Spurs at the moment is that when we were debating who was man of the match, the Arsenal game, because everyone's yeah. fucking fantastic and that's, that's not uncommon this year. You know, everyone seems to put in a shift and it, it's just working. Yeah. I think as close as what we've got now to that is is Christian Eriksen. I think in terms of he he works hard and he and he does himself. But as you said earlier, you know he's if you had to pick one person out of that team who isn't going to run forty yards back, you know to to try and stop that cross. I mean the majority of Arsenal's attacks throughout the game, percentage wise, was was down was down that side, and you could see that Eriksen wasn't given as much protection to uh, Rose yeah. as as Lamella was for for Walker, uh, and you know I think. Ericsson is probably at the limit of what we could probably have in that team yeah. of of fanciness and a, and, a, and a bit time. more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. I, 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 what I know, I've, I've said well, I've, I've aimed this criticism at uh, Ericsson for a long while, um, and he did try it in that game. He was running. He was clearly trying, and, and I think that's why he keeps his place in the team. Not because he isn't brilliant on the ball and he isn't naturally gifted. He's probably the most naturally gifted player that we have. And you think how you'd imagine how. Ginola would have done yeah. in that team. He would have struggled. Uh, yeah, he really would. Um, but Ericsson did try. And, and his defensive, the de- defensive aspects of his game is, is lacking. And it's a natural thing. He isn't naturally... Cool. But um, Lamella and Ericsson, it's, it's almost a fair comparison in that um, Lamella worked harder than Ericsson. I don't, he, I don't know if he works harder, but yeah. he's, he's more naturally defensive. He is a bit, but I feel that um, I feel that Ericsson is not someone who will put his foot in when it counts. And yeah, he's a bit. I feel a, yesterday, a weak heart. yesterday it cost us a little because Oza was on his side, and that's where more of the crosses came in. And um, Wenger said himself after the game that he actually moved Sanchez to his side, to the left hand yeah. side, and Sanchez didn't do anything more on Ericsson's side or anything. But it's telling that they're moving players to that side. And um, just another quick point is that. Um, our weakness at defending set pieces is a bit of a worry, and we've got Andy Carroll up next, and um, I hope that this is something that we're looking at as a, as a team. Yeah, just on that, I was just going to say quickly about Christian Eriksen. Uh, as much as we've just said all that, I know we said you know he did work as, as hard as anyone else, and he did. There was a couple of moments where uh, he tra- he had tracked back the 30, 40 yards, you know, maybe not sprinting or, or managed to stop the cross, but then. Another credit to Pochettino is that someone like Ericsson, there was about three or four times where he literally, the, the ball's gone out for a goal kick or you know, we've regained position, head down, back up to the no, other side I, of the pitch. I, I, he, and and he, he's doing obviously what he's been asked to do, one, following directions. 100% is following directions. Yeah. He is working hard. It's just not natural to him. Yeah. And it never will be. And I, I, this is a question. Do you think potentially Ericsson's worth replacing? Should he be the, the man that, that he's replaced? Or, or, or is he? Oh, no. <laughs> Nah, I've, I've, I can, but he's got to be in the team. 
Yeah, I think you. I think you do. You have to have something in there that can pop out of nowhere for winning goals and whatever. I think the thing is just going back to T's argument, sort of Lamella Eriksson. I think the thing is, like as we sort of touched on, like Lamella's had so much coaching to work on his game to adapt into the Premier League, um, and I think Eriksson probably hasn't had this so much. He gets the freedom in that he gets the free kicks, he takes all the set pieces, you know, because he's capable of scoring those those sort of goals, um, you know, and that, that's why, as, as you sort of said, Al, you know, that, that this, he's going to be about the limit we'll probably get, but yeah. it's a fucking good limit to have. No, yeah, no he is incredible. I, it's easy to criti- criticise, isn't it? But he's the bollocks yeah. and, and just can... 22 years old. Yeah. He's that's crazy, 22 it? years it is crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fuck it, he's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. And um, we talked about Mourinho earlier on, I mean, look at Eden Hazard. I mean, Hazard is similar to Ericsson in that um, he's mercurial, he can win a game on, you know, just, just a split second. And... Eden Hazard was buying into the Mourinho way of running up and down the pitch and defending, but it's almost at a point in the season where he's like, why should I bother? But this is Ericsson's third season, Third. and he's still doing it. So that's just just testament to what we're trying to do at Spurs. He signed Ericsson when he was 20? Yeah. Fucking hell, he's incredible. He looks so old. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, Pochettino, he's good at coaching a young side, whereas Mourinho, look at De Bruyne, Lukaku, he doesn't want to coach the younger players. He wants immediate success right now. Big players, big money, big wages. Absolutely. All right, (laughs) that's it from the Fighting Court podcast. Ben, thank you so much for coming down. Thank thank you very much for having me on. It was um, good fun. It's been an incredible success. Yeah. Yeah. I've been easily the weakest member of this podcast. (laughs) Again, behave yourself. Alex. Mm. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I've been Flavin thank you again for downloading the podcast please pre-order the fanzine thefightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop um, oh, I can't be asked to do the rest that's it for the Fighting Cock podcast <laughs>